This is Apathy Hour. Today on Apathy Hour, we'll be reading stories from r slash life pro tip, malicious compliance, am I the asshole, true off my chest, r slash advice, marriage, parenting, and you should know. Let's get started. Starting off with your life pro tip, posted by user Grand Lewis. The U.S. Postal Service offers a free service called Inform Delivery that will send you a daily email with a digital preview of all your letter-sized mail. Users receive emails containing grayscale images of the exterior, address side of postal mail that is arriving soon. I think this is a pretty good life pro tip to keep in mind because it helps you to have an expectation of what's going to be showing up and when. I use it myself as well, actually. And now a bit of malicious compliance posted by user Snack Snevin. A lady doesn't want a drink for her food, so has to pay for each individual item. I worked at a KFC for about six months as my first job, and this happened towards the end of my stay. One of our managers, who I'll dub Jay, is pretty strict with us in order to keep up with time and company policy, but we didn't mind as he usually worked online with us rather than sit in the office all day, as he does not have patience for rude people. And on one typical military payday Friday, in towns next to military bases, all soldiers come in force on payday, we were slammed and he was working register when a lady orders one of our 12-piece buckets, biscuits and all. Now usually, you can save some money by ordering them as a meal, gives you a drink as well. So as usual, he asks what drink she wants, intending to make it a meal automatically. She declines the drinks. He tries to explain, ma'am, if we make it a meal, you'll and she cuts him off with, I don't care, I don't need drinks. As I said before, he hates rude people, so he immediately shuts up, smiles to me. It says, user Sand Snake 7 can I get a 12-piece family fill-up and don't worry about the drinks. Before turning to her and finishing the order, which took a moment as we couldn't simply press the combo button anymore, he then had to ring up every single item individually which racks up the price given the amount of items and then finishes the order which was well above what the normal price would be. It initially went off without a hitch but unfortunately for us at the time retelling a funny story later wasn't really a thought at the time rather we just wanted to keep the line moving. The family behind her ordered another 12 piece family fill up but they ordered the combo. As Jay was finishing up the second family order, the first one stepped aside to check the bags for everything. Then they hear the price. Jay rang the second family for almost half the price of theirs, and she storms over. How come theirs is so cheap? We ordered the same thing, she asked. To which Jay replies, wearing the standard issue customer service smile, You said you didn't want no combo, ma'am. So I rang them up individually ma'am so you paid for them not as a combo but as the order you insisted on me making ma'am she then asked for the manager claiming we were scamming her 
to which Jay responds by walking behind the door and coming back two seconds later wearing his manager vest. And Jay says, Hello, I heard we had a problem and I came to see what I can help with. She grabs her food and leaves. What's funny about this story is the fact that he kept addressing her as ma'am. Uh, seems like there may have been more interaction that we didn't quite hear about just because of context and length of trying to write it all out. But I remember times when you would encounter people where you just get that vibe that you can't reason with them because no logical argument is going to affect anything but their attitude becoming more aggressive. So I kind of got that sense here when he was mentioning ma'am every time. And next we move on to Am I the Asshole, posted by user technical underscore spread 1810. Am I the asshole for walking out of my sister's wedding after she tried to use me as free childcare? A few months ago, me, a 31-year-old male, and my sister, a 29-year-old female, announced that she was going to get married. The planning process took a while, but the date and venue were agreed on. Now, my sister has a baby, a one-month-old, that just loves to cry. He cries all the time, unless someone takes him outside for fresh air. So as a few days ago, the wedding started. Because I was out town, I missed the night before the wedding, basically a get-together period for family members and a big party, but showed up for the ceremony and reception. The second I got there, my sister asked me to take the baby outside in order to calm him down. I agreed because the ceremony hadn't started yet, but she asked me to take the baby outside again a while later. When I asked why the baby didn't have a sitter, she said that they spent all the money on the ceremony and parties. I was kind of annoyed because I wanted to sit in on the ceremony, but just about everyone jumped on me telling me to do my sister a favor and that it was her day. I asked her about when I was expected to take the baby out for fresh air and she gave me this huge list of times that basically meant I missed out on all the important parts. I wouldn't be there for the exchanging of vials, the reception, the aisle walk, the readings, the kiss, etc. I figured out that in total I would have about 30 minutes actually sitting inside and the rest was just about the baby. When I pointed this out to her, she said someone would videotape it for me, but I wasn't convinced. I wanted to watch my sister reach a milestone, and that was what I came for. I told her that someone else could watch the baby for her, and that as her brother, I wanted to watch the wedding, and not have to miss her getting married. Again, she told me to just do it. I was really mad, but tried not to show it on the outside. When I was asked about the reception, she told me, Oh, you'll have to miss out baby needed to be outside and has to be fed. That was the final straw, and when my mother was holding the baby, I slipped out and just left. The next day, I get a call from my sister, and she's screaming about how I ruined her wedding and how the baby wouldn't stop crying. I told her that I left because she treated me like a babysitter instead of a guest or slash family member, and said that it was her fault if she couldn't get a nanny or ask a friend to do it. Since then, I've been nuked with calls from family calling me selfish and telling me that I'm effectively disowned 
unless I apologize. I see no reason to. Am I the asshole? Hey, OP, when I first read this story, I remember wondering, wait a minute, how old are you again? Because the way that it sounds, you sounds like you were being treated like a, like a kid or like a teenage little brother that was expected to just kind of help out for your sister. But no, you're an adult, and there was no expectation prior to that you would just be a babysitter instead of actually being a guest at the wedding. So as an adult going to a wedding, I would think it's reasonable to be a, a bit annoyed, if not frustrated enough to even leave by being told that you're basically going to be missing out on the event that you came for just to be a babysitter. So no, you're not the asshole. Moving on to a true off my chest story posted by user extensional underscore blues. My best friend invited me over to her house on my birthday. It turned out to be one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. I quit using heroin after an overdose. When I was found, I was blue and not breathing. 911 was called and she instructed the caller to initiate CPR. I don't know how long it took for the ambulance and paramedics to arrive. I do remember that they told me they ran out of Narcan because the first six doses didn't help. Fortunately, after the seventh dose, I regained consciousness. I still suffered the effects caused by lack of oxygen. My best friend doesn't use heroin. I don't have any friends who use heroin. My best friend invited me over to her house for my birthday and told me she'd pick me up in the morning and we'd spend the day together and that I could spend the night. She's desperately in love with a man who's an alcoholic and cheats on her. He called and asked her if he could come over with Jane. He's sleeping with Jane and my best friend knows this but is desperate for his attention so she agreed that they could come over. The boyfriend, John, invited more people over when he got to my friend's house and the party started. John brought alcohol and talked my best friend into buying several hundred dollars of cocaine. Everyone was partying and several people, especially Jane, encouraged me to do cocaine. I politely said, no thanks. I did do a shot of tequila just so she'd get off my back. I felt the sense of hatred and betrayed, but I tried to ignore my gut feeling. I went to the bathroom and cried. Jane busted in and asked what I was doing. I was browsing through Reddit looking for posts that would help distract me and cute animals to help my sadness. She grabbed my phone and took it upstairs to the room where everyone was partying. I went to retrieve my phone and installed a voice recorder and put a screen lock on my device. After leaving the room, Jane told everyone that I was texting a dealer and asking for heroin. My best friend didn't stand up for me. She joined the rest of the people who were too happy at the thought of me using again. I know I'll die if I use again. I love not being hooked on that poison. It was a miserable existence. Jane is majoring in psychology, and I feel absolutely horrible for anyone she tries to help in the future. OP, first and foremost, congratulations on overcoming your addiction and not being influenced by people around you to relapse into using. It's hard enough 
overcoming a challenge like that. And it doesn't help to be around people that push you in ways that influence your actions or potentially could influence your actions. So good on you for sticking true to it, sticking to your strength, basically. It's unfortunate that you had to deal with what you dealt with with your friend Jane. But I can tell you that over time, it's there are better people out there. And sometimes moving on to a new friend circle, meeting new people, or even spending some time growing on your own individually will help put you in a better position to have people around you that are more positive and supportive instead of destructive, as it sounds like these people may have been. Moving on to a story on r slash advice posted by user Xanti Throw. My boyfriend has a weird relationship with his daughter. I'm a 32-year-old female, and my boyfriend, a 36-year-old male, has a weird relationship with his 17-year-old female daughter. I've been with my boyfriend for a year. We met two years ago when I used to work in his office, but we only started dating after I quit. I've noticed that him and his daughter are very close, like creepy close. They cuddle a lot. Almost every time they're together, she's next to him cuddling. She walks around the house in her underwear, even when I'm there, and they're usually very revealing. They text a lot. Even when he's with me, he's always texting his daughter. I don't know what about. I haven't checked his phone, but he's always smiling when he does. She gives him back massages. My boyfriend had a car accident a couple years ago and his, has extreme back pains and uses some heat cream to help with his pain. She's the one that always applies it, but not just that. She gives him back massages. They spend a lot of time together. Whenever he goes to do something, cars and coffee, shopping, gym, etc., she goes with him. There's a lot more other small things that I just get a weird feeling about this. We don't live together. I spend a few nights a week at his house and he at mine. He has full custody of his daughter, something to do with his ex-wife having drug problems. I don't know the exact details. Am I overreacting or is there something to it? I don't want to just confront him in case it's all in my head. Overall, he's a great guy. He's very caring, patient, and it looks like he's a good dad. But their relationship isn't a natural one. And there's an update that the user posted. I checked his phone while he was in the toilet. I didn't see anything very inappropriate in the text between them, but they talk a lot about their her shopping, her clothes, and the games they both play. What I found strange is that he sends her a lot of money, like she shows him dresses that are a thousand plus dollars, and he just sends her the money. And this is like every couple days. They also talk a lot about motorcycles. Update number two. I appreciate everyone's response to this. I realize that I'm seeing things that are not there. I guess I am a bit jealous. I wish he would spend more time with me rather than his daughter. I grew up without a father, so their relationship just seems odd to me. I specifically included these updates to this post because it's a clear example of how Things can be taken out of context if 
the whole picture isn't presented. It seems early on that the poster may originally have thought there was some type of inappropriate relationship between the boyfriend and the daughter, but over time, it became clear that they just have their own type of relationship. And I imagine that many people have relationships with friends or family that are not inappropriate, but just may seem odd if looked out of context from others that are outside of that relationship. It's good to get the whole picture, to really get to know people and to understand everything in the full story before coming to some type of judgment or making baseless accusations. OP, despite the fact that you may have had some uh, suspicions early on, just by the way that you were feeling about their relationship, it's good on you that you took the time to gather your thoughts and see if there may be an outside perspective to give you further clarity on things. My only advice would be to continue supporting that relationship that they have together and in due time you may actually be a part of that family so that you can experience the same things that you're seeing on the outside looking in. Our next story is from r slash marriage posted by user South Discussion 4539. Should I be paying for my wife's girls trips? and all her friends too. My first post ever. My wife and I have been married for 20 years in March. Four kids, single family income. I earn well. Work for a large corporation. Clear 500K on a regular. We moved to a new city about five years ago and my wife quickly established a new group of friends. I like her friends, they're good people, and we genuinely enjoy their company. Nothing really destructive, and her friends are generally good and supportive. Two years ago, my wife went on a week-long trip with her girlfriends. They went to a South American country, all expenses paid. The entire vacation was paid for by us, my wife and I. I didn't know it at the time that I was paying for it. I only found out about it after the fact. Nice house, excursions, private chef, etc. My wife was working for someone flipping houses and earned about 4K of the 7500 price tag. My wife has been a stay-at-home mom since our oldest was born in 2006. Her girlfriends all have varying backgrounds and their husbands do everything from managing restaurants to construction. Differing levels of income. The girlfriends would have never been able to afford the trip if they were required to cover the cost themselves. My wife wants to do another trip at the end of this year, and she wants to take an early dispersion from her inheritance to pay for it. I'm absolutely struggling with it. I'm jealous because she wants to plan these amazing vacations with her girlfriends, and at the same time, I'm super pissed that she wants to use our money to pay for all of them to go. I'm open to suggestions and advice, but I'm feeling like crap because I'm feeling abandoned and taken advantage of help. I'm a firm believer in the fact that communication is key in any relationship, be it business or personal. And in this case, of course, speaking with your wife about the situation and how you feel about it would help. Now, I could see it in various perspectives because if it's 
all coming from her own finances, then sure. Maybe it's something that she could just do on her own if she chooses because it's her money. At the same time, if it's something that may be coming from uh, joint finances, then it's something worth having a discussion and seeing if maybe the friends could chip in a bit more or at all to so, so you're not carrying the full burden of that cost for the excursion. In the end, it really does come down to what you feel comfortable with, what you and your wife's relationship to finances are, and how comfortable and how it may affect you guys long-term for your family and your lifestyle. This is where talks are key. Our next story comes from r slash parenting, posted by user Cray Chicken Lay. Am I just lazy and weak? Or is parenting seriously effing hard? Y'all, I'm sending an SOS. I am drowning. My two-year-old is really sick with COVID. I am really sick with a lung infection after finally shaking off COVID. My husband is sick with the flu. We are just surviving on subpar oven french fries and freeze pops watching Peppa the Pig all day. Please tell me others go through this and think parenting is awful but they just never let the words leave their mouths? Why am I the only one over here complaining? And in the comments uh, posted by user Gar and underscore and underscore Gimbal, it's impossibly hard when everyone is sick. Sometimes it's just impossible. I once received an emergency call from my friends who had a four-month-old baby. They both had nasty gastrointestinal enteritis and were completely unable to care for their little boy. We weren't super close, but I was their only friend in the city. They felt bad asking me to come over and risk infection, but they had no other option. But for me, it was an honor to help. I went over and spent a day and a night caring for the baby in the living room while they lay in their bedroom repeating, repeatedly vomiting. Yikes. I guess the point of this is that you mustn't worry about asking friends, even non-close ones, and family for help. Yeah, OP, it's, it's not easy to ask for help in general. And then when it comes down to being sick, you know that you can't do much for yourself. And I think that in general, everyone has a tough time asking others to do stuff for them instead of, you know, just not wanting to be a burden, basically. But in sometimes you just need help and things can get tough. And even if you don't have friends or family, asking someone, someone that you at least can trust, could come down to being a big lifesaver in times when you really are in need. And yeah, there are some people out there like the poster, the commenter mentioned, that really would feel honored to be able to help out. I'm one of those. I have a friend that has like five kids, and if they ever needed anything, I wouldn't even question it. I would just help because I imagine that they're dealing with quite a bit. So, yeah. Parenting isn't easy. Raising a family isn't easy. And I'm guessing that's why that phrase, it takes a village, exists. And finally, 
you should know. Posted by user HarbingerX111. You should know that buying a used car from a rental car company or a shady dealership could likely have a GPS tracker installed. Why you should know? I work at one of the biggest national used car dealerships in the U.S. as a mechanic refurbishing used cars. Often enough, I receive work orders to remove aftermarket GPS trackers and those vehicles disproportionately have been brought from rental car companies or local independent dealerships. The GPS trackers only require a switched 12 volt source for power and use an internal battery for when the vehicle is turned off. Most common locations in my experience are under the driver's side dash around the steering column or OBD connector and behind the driver's side kick panel where you usually rest your left foot. It is also common to be installed in the engine bay in vicinity of the battery. Edit, I should mention that most of these GPS trackers are probably deactivated and no longer actively tracking the vehicle's location regardless. I feel like you should all know that it could be installed and should be removed if it is. In case anyone has doubts about the facts that OP believes we should know, here's a news story detailing a little bit more information about the subject. NBC 10 investigator Mitch Blocker joining us now. And Mitch, you discovered Barnes' financial troubles may have been his downfall. Exactly. Specifically, his bad credit. Police found him because they were able to track his car, and we learned the reason his car had a GPS device at all was because his lender did not trust him to pay off his car loan. The NBC10 investigators found Delvin Barnes's capture may have been in the works since 2002. That's when he first defaulted on a loan which led him to file bankruptcy. His ruined credit made it nearly impossible for him to get a car loan. This is your actual GPS unit. Which is why he had a GPS device like this one installed without his knowledge. We're going to show you how to put the device in. Companies like Phoenix-based GPS and Track help lenders keep track of high-risk property. Michael Fisher runs the company and spoke with us over the phone. A lot of vehicles being financed through smaller dealerships are going to use these for um, protection of their vehicle or their asset. Fisher said the GPS devices his company installs across the country only show a car's location once a day, but if necessary, can track cars in real time. It just updates once a day, and they could care less where the vehicle is at or what the customer is doing. It's primarily just for recovery. With the help of the media and many, many citizens who called in tips, uh, we were able to uh, identify this individual, uh, identify his car. Police say one of those tips came from someone who knew Barnes's car could be tracked. It's seen here being hauled away. When the subject exited the vehicle, he was apprehended, and that's when Ms. Freeland was recovered. All because of what some call a questionable practice of tracking drivers without their knowledge. So we're not going to... Uh go to any great length as far as hiding uh, the unit, but we are going to mount it in a stealth location where it's not visible to the driver. Now again, these GPS devices, they're mostly installed in cars. If the owner has bad credit, the device's manufacturer says police can specifically track a vehicle if they wanted to, but dealers, they rarely, if ever, do. And this is not illegal. It is all authorized in the fine print. For the investigators, I'm Mitch Blocker, NBC10 News. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned and keep an eye out for the new 
episodes coming soon. Thank you for listening.